the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me on such a special day. And I want to wish you Happy Easter. And this is a great time to really reflect on what God has really done for us and how much He truly loves us. And the gifts that He's so willing to give us, and the greatest gift of all, is He gave us Himself. He gave us Himself so that we could live forever and be with Him forever. I mean, it's, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I want, if I know somebody I want to be with forever. (laughs) I don't know if I want to be with myself forever, right? So it's amazing that he wants to be with us forever. And that the lengths that he went to, went through to get to that place, to be able to make sure that we would be with him forever. So, you know, the last two weeks, we've been looking at a couple of different things. And we, we looked at the book, God Wants You Truly Living, Not Walking Dead. And that's a book I wrote about five years ago. And so you can certainly order it online. You can also get it on Audible, where I recorded it myself on Audible Books. So you can enjoy it that way as well. But the point being that the book, God Wants You Truly Living, Not Walking Dead, is very similar to what Easter is about. So Jesus died so that we can live. So he was willing to die completely, die to himself, but he himself die so that we might live. So we talked to them last week about what are those things that that are killing you? What are you needing to die from? And how important it is in terms of the way you treat yourself. And that the way you treat yourself has so much to do with how you treat others. So when we see this with Christ, we see how kind he is. And he says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So it's his kindness that helps us change. 
So when we talked about, you know, what is getting in the way of you having that life that Jesus, God, really wants you to have? What has to die in order for you to truly live? And so this is why it's so important now as we look at Easter that we thank God for the gift. We realize that he died for us, that we need to die to those things that get in the way of being the best version of ourselves. But we also need to accept the gift that he's given us. I don't know if you've been around people when you have offered them a gift or you've given them a compliment or opened a door for them or something like this. And they say, oh, no, 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 I don't, I, you know, that's not, I don't deserve that. I don't, that's not right. And how does it feel when your gift is rebuffed? And so we don't want to do that to God. We want to say, thank you. I needed that. I can't live without you. And this is so important as we look at today's message about what John 16.33 actually means and how many ways we can apply this to our life. Because if we accept the gift that God gave us, then what does that mean? Well, we have, the, we have this version. I like this version. This is the Common English Bible, and it says, I've said these things to you so that you will have peace in me. In this world you have distress, but be encouraged. I've conquered the world. So this is his gift to us. In the complete Jewish Bible it says, I've, I have said these things so that, united with me, you may have shalom. In the world you have surcis. But be brave. I have conquered the world. And this is why it's so important as we look at these different translations and the different ways that it is said. And in, and in the English Standard Version, it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I've overcome the world. And the Good News Translation, it says, The world will make you suffer, but be brave. I've defeated the world. So this is his parting gift. So one of the things that we want to apply to our life is recognizing the kindness of God, first and foremost, that it causes us to be able to change. And one of the ways that we are able to change is to receive this gift of peace. So why is, why is peace so important? One of the greatest, I mean, he could have given us, you know, when he was departing, he could have said, you know, uh, money I leave with you, right? He could have said joy I leave with you. Um, he could have said health I leave with you. There are so many gifts that maybe he could have given us, but what does he say? This is the Message Bible. John fourteen twenty seven and it says, I'm leaving you well and whole. This that's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. How powerful is that? He says, I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. It's peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, which is feeling abandoned and bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. 
what a high price that gift of peace is. And so this is why it's so important that we understand of all the parting gifts that Jesus could have left us, he left us peace. Not love, not even faith, although those are are both very valuable things. But he left us with peace. I think it's interesting. See, this is the culmination of everything that Jesus taught. Everything he demonstrated while on earth. Christ left this legacy of peace for us to follow. So I found myself really ruminating on this passage and being drawn back to it recently. And I really believe there's great truth to be found in this short exchange with his disciples. So I want you to think about this. And I've, if you've listened to this show before, you've probably heard me remind you, <clears throat> excuse me, and say to you that worry and peace cannot coexist. And that was a tremendous insight God gave me when he said, you know, you can't do both of them together. You do one or the other. You either worry or you have peace. You worry or you're at peace. They can't coexist together. You can't do them both. And usually, for, for most of us, right, worry will, you know, override peace. Because worry is much easier to do. It's much more natural for us to do. <clears throat> and, and peace is one of those things that we think is out there somewhere to go find. So why is this? See, God designed our brains to only process either worry or peace. And if you were listening to last week, we talked a lot about the two neuroscientists that wrote the books, How Words Can Change Your Brain and How God Changes Your Brain. And so these neuroscientists really have discovered this truly interesting phenomenon regarding, regarding the human brain. And it's what they know is that it's something of like an on-off switch, that the brain cannot focus on both a positive and a negative feeling at the same time. Interestingly enough, the brain will always pick the negative before the positive. Now, this is done because of an unconscious survival mechanism. See, I mean, can you relate to this? The, the body is always going to go to where the pain is because it's wanting to survive. So it will always pick the negative before it picks the positive. So if you've ever noticed that you get a paper cut on your finger, what, what, what do you keep noticing? The paper cut which is not life-threatening. But it won't let you focus on other parts of the body because that's the part it's working on. That's the part where there is pain. So our brains are always trying to help us avoid pain and will unconsciously focus on the problem rather than on the solution. So we all know the fav- favorite, famous proverb, one of my favorites, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. How powerful is that? And now we have neuroscientists that are proving it through research. That for as a man thinketh within, so he is. This simply means the more I worry about things and people and situations, the more anxious I'm going to become, and the more my mind finds to worry about. It's a vicious cycle. So the more I worry, the more my brain focuses on worry. The more scared I am, the more in pain I am, the more it will find for me to prove that that is true. So this is important. Jesus gave peace 
as his parting gift to us. Peace, the last thing Jesus did, was leave us with peace. And it's a peace that passes all understanding, right? So it's peace in the midst of a storm. It's peace when there seems to be no peace. It's peace because I know who I serve. It's peace because I know God loves me. It's peace because I know God has gone before me and he'll be with me and he will never leave me nor forsake me. He will never let me fall. That's his promise. So how we embrace peace in the midst of circumstances that beg for us to spiral into anxiety and despair, well, it's all about trust. So the disciples had to trust Jesus in so many ways. Think about how they had to trust him. When Peter walked on the water, right? He had to trust Jesus. This is so important as we really consider going into this year with all that's going on in our world and our country, that we need to accept the peace of Jesus. Join me in the next segment. Thank you. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about Easter and what Easter really means. And the last two shows that we did, we did the first, the, the one three times ago was God wants you truly living, not walking dead. And we talked about what has to die in order for you to truly live. What are you keeping alive that may be killing you, right? And so then we talked about how do we change? So if we have something that's killing us that we need to change, something we need to die to, maybe it's worry. Maybe you need to die to worry. Well, that's what we're talking about. That's the gift of Easter. And it's peace. This is where Jesus says, I am with you always. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. My peace is the legacy I leave to you. I don't give gifts like those of the world. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. So God's Peace is his parting gift to us, which means it's extremely important. So in the last segment, we talked about this idea that worry and peace cannot coexist and that what your brain is hardwired to do is always go to the negative. It will always find the thing that's bugging you. It will always find the rock in your shoe, right? Everything else is working great, but that one tiny thing. And that's a survival mechanism. So we want to make sure that we are understanding why God would leave us with peace. See, peace, if I have a bedrock of peace, everything else is much more manageable. But when I am worrying, fretting, bemoaning, struggling, stressing, I'm going to be really acting out 
of that fight, flight, or freeze part of my brain. I'll be in survival. And we all know, we've done, I've done many shows on this, that survival, not pretty. Not intended to be. Survival is very different than thriving. Survival is getting me through the moment so that I don't lose my life or lose whatever it is that is so valuable to me. So why did God do this? Well, think about this. When Jesus left this peace as his parting gift to us, he must have known how important peace was to the hearts, the souls, the minds, and the physical bodies of his people. See, he himself dealt with immense struggles here on earth, yet he never worried. The only time we see stress is when he was hanging on the cross and he, and he shed or had blood coming from his pores. Blood it was so painful for him. So why was Jesus able to make such good decisions and never be anxious? Well, he was always in communion with his father. And so, therefore, continuously at peace. So how, how can we embrace peace in the midst of circumstances that truly beg for us to spiral into anxiety and despair? Well, we're to that word trust. And trust is a really tough one. But the only way to have peace is if I trust. So think about this for a minute. Every time you walk out to get in your car, you trust the fact that it's going to turn on and you have peace when it does. And you don't think about it. You think about all kinds of other things as you're driving to your office, your friends, the store, wherever that may be. (coughs) You're really not even thinking about the car. You have peace that the car is working. So when we think about this, I want you to understand that we need to learn to trust him. I I had this aha moment one evening when I was caring for my little finicky cat. She is quite finicky. She is really 110% a cat. My husband loves her from afar, right? (laughs) But she is quite the cat. So I'm pouring cat food out. And of all things, I felt the Lord really impressing upon me, saying to me, Cynthia, you feed and care for your cat every day and night even though she's not always easy to be with. You care for her because she belongs to you, not because she's a good cat, not because she's doing anything of great merit. And what does my cat do? Just simply receives it, trusting that I will continue to care for her and pet her whenever she feels like she wants to be petted, right? She has the run of the whole house. She's got a great mansion that she lives in. She's basically in heaven, wouldn't you say? So think about this. When God says, my peace is the legacy I leave for you, and the way we do that is through trust. My cat implicitly trusts myself and my husband, to the point that I've told you before she goes on vacation with us because she's so quiet. She's such a funny little cat. And she just sits there in the car, sometimes on the boot in between he and I, and just drives along with us. Barely speaks a word. But because she's with us, she has no trouble. None. As long as we are with her. So it reminds me 
of Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And this is regarding the lilies of the field and how they are clothed better than Solomon ever was. So you don't see the lilies wringing their petals, right? Wondering how God will feed and clothe them. And you certainly won't see my cat spending a single moment in anxiety about whether or not I will feed her or pet her or care for her, talk to her, whatever that is. And we give her her favorite little yum-yum, which is whipped cream. And she knows it and she expects it, which is amazing to me. Why am I not like this with God? It is a big similarity, certainly not the same. I'm not an animal like that. But this is important for us to recognize. If an animal can depend on me, why would I not depend on God, the God of the universe? So how much more will our Father who loves us care for us in abundance when we're in need? Just like my cat and the lilies, they don't do anything to earn my favor. Well, I don't do anything really to earn God's favor. All he asks of us is to trust him and not worry because he knows what worry can do to us. And he's pleading with us. He's saying, I made you. I created you. Trust me. This will compromise you and kill you. Don't drink the poison of worry. It's a slow kill. So we're coming up to a break. I want to make sure that you're able to listen to the show in its entirety. <clears throat> you can always go to any of your famous uh, favorite podcast servers. We're on probably all of them. You can also go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to it right there from the website. And so I appreciate so much you listening to the show, and I appreciate your feedback and always your support and just your, your comments and, and presence on social media. And I appreciate so much my two assistants that are great, Faith and Amy, who do so much work for me behind the scenes. And I want to also remind you that pretty soon my new book is coming out, so I will keep you posted on that. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about the peace of God. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Again, thank you so much. If you're just tuning in, make sure you can listen to the show in its entirety on your favorite podcast server. You also can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and you can watch it or listen to it right from the website. So we are talking today about peace. And this is the gift, the parting gift that God gave us, which is what Easter is about. And we talked earlier in the show about why would that be the one thing that God would leave and not leave, I don't know, money, right? Fame, uh, lots of food, what love, whatever that is. No, he said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. So I was talking in the last segment about my little kitty, <clears throat> how she has no worry in the whole world. She's still, though, very skittish. But she has no worries. Everything is done for her. She lives in a perfectly conditioned house. She has all kinds of toys. She has two people that love her very much. She's always fed. 
She even gets little treats. And there's not even a dog in the house to bug her, right? So she gets the run of the place. I mean, this cat is truly in heaven. And I love giving it to her. So it kind of parallels when I think, well, you know, she's not a perfect cat. You know, she kind of does some stuff that's not okay. But that has nothing to do with how much we love her. That is how God feels towards you and to me. And he wants us to have peace and know that he's gone before us. He'll be with us. He'll never leave us. And he'll never forsake us. That we are to not be afraid and not to worry. Excuse me. I'm seeming to have allergies today. And I was doing so great. And by the way, thank you for your prayers. They helped tremendously. All right. So back to this. So God's saying to us, I made you. I created you. If you worry, this will compromise you. Don't drink the poison of worry because worry is a slow kill. And we have so much research on the human body and what worry will do to the human body. The aging effects compromises your immune system, makes it very difficult for you to make good, um, good decisions because you can't focus on anything other than what you're worrying about. And so neuroscientists have confirmed that through an MRI, many neural changes happen that happen to your brain, and it it happens in one second of having a negative thought. So the amygdala releases dozens of stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters, and these brain chemicals immediately interrupt normal functioning of the brain, especially those involving logic, reason, and problem-solving. So in other words... Negative thinking and worry puts you in survival mode, which is going to make your decisions and your choices very aggravated and very amplified. So if you've ever noticed when you've made a decision out of worry or out of fret or out of negativity, many times you're not, you're not really glad about the decision that you made. So the more you stay focused on the negative word or thoughts the more you actually damage key structures that regulate your your memory and your feelings and your emotions. Also disrupts your sleep and your appetite and the way your brain regulates happiness and longevity and health. So the bottom line, worry is simply not good for you. It's not going to help you. So God is saying, my antidote for worry is peace and I'm leaving it with you. That is my parting gift. The, the, the fact that he can even be at peace is amazing when he went through the life that he went through. And he made sure that he recognized and helped us understand that he knows very intricately how we are made. And that worry is the one thing he's saying, please do not worry. Don't worry. I'm with you. Don't worry. I'm leaving you my peace. So God knows that worry harms us and lowers our effectiveness. So one of the things we're going to talk about is how to combat worry. And this is where we need to understand the relationship we have with our brains. And last week, we talked about focusing on a word. And when you focus on a negative word, you get a wash of stress hormones. And so when you focus on pain, when you, it doesn't mean that we don't address it. It means that if I ruminate on it, 
I will create more of it. So take a moment and think about the words peace, love, and joy. And if you meditate on them and really let their meanings settle into your psyche, what happens when when you practice this type of meditation? The thalamus, which is the command center of your brain, takes that word and disseminates it through the rest of your brain. And instead of moving into fight or flight, that's what worry instigates. You begin to experience peace in the midst of trouble. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk about peace and the parting gift of Christ. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you again for joining me. Make sure that you uh, listen to the show in its entirety on your favorite podcast server. You can also go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show right from your computer. So we've been talking about this idea of Easter and the gift that Jesus left us with and what Easter stands for. And so this is his parting gift. He says, I leave with you peace in this world. You'll have tribulation, but fear not. I've overcome the world. <clears throat> Excuse me, when you think of it that way, if I say to myself that Jesus has overcome my world, yes, the world in its entirety, but he also personally has overcome my world. So he's been with me since the day of conception. And has been with me every moment, every minute of every day until I pass. Even if I don't recognize he's there, he's there. And one of the things that was so important about the crucifixion was these parting comments when he resurrected. He said, hey, I can't stay here, but this is what I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you my peace. Don't worry. Worry is damaging. So one way that we can combat worry is to understand the relationship we have with our brains. And we can talk to our brain and tell it what to do. Now, I know this might sound kind of silly, but I want you to hear me out. So take a moment and just think about the words peace, love, and joy. And really let their meaning settle into your psyche. So when we do this, like we said in the last segment, it disseminates calming neurotransmitters through the rest of your brain. And instead of you moving into that fight or flight mode, just that word causes you, takes that word straight to the frontal lobe, and this is where the highest level of functioning is occurring, is in that prefrontal lobe right behind your forehead. And we get this really high-level thinking, and this is where our emotions reside. It's like restarting your computer. So contemplating the positive is akin to hitting a reset button with your brain. You know, if you've ever done, you know, I'm just going to turn my computer off and turn it back on, let it reset. That's a lot of what this is doing. And I really encourage these meditative practices with my clients, and I've benefited from the practice myself. So when you're stressed and feeling burned out, just tell your brain, relax. You can do this. You're capable. 
You'll pull through this trauma. You're strong. And this practice actually builds neurological connections in your brain that have a healing effect, even after inconceivable trauma. So it doesn't mean that we are, are meditating on something that is, is ridiculous, like I'm not going to meditate on I'll survive jumping off the building. Okay. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the power of a word. And we've talked on this show at length that God is the word. Jesus became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this is the power of words. And that God spoke the world into existence. So what we want to do is take advantage of the words that we have. So when I think peace, when I think the peace of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, the peace of God, and I just take a breath and I just relax and I say peace, this doesn't make the problem go away, unfortunately. It's not magic. But what it does is it gives me new strength and it helps me pause and, I'm, and I begin to hear better from the higher part of myself and from God. That rational adult part of me can get some perspective on the issue, and I am then better able to calm myself down. And when I do that, I then am better able to come up with a plan that's doable. I'm better able to come up with a solution. And if I can't get a solution immediately, I have more strength to tolerate waiting for a solution to come. So this is really important when I learned this, that having Jesus in you, if Jesus lives in you, it means you get to have his feelings. Isn't that amazing? See, I, I didn't really think about that. This was kind of a recent insight, and maybe you, maybe you know this already, but it was fascinating to me to think about the fact that Jesus lives in me, therefore, I get to feel what he feels, and feel his peace, feel his love, feel his power, feel his hope, right? So I can really say to Jesus, okay, hey, I'm really not into focusing on positive things right now because I feel so bad. But I'm going to trust you. And I need to borrow from you, Jesus, your feelings. I need to borrow from, from you how you feel. I need to mimic how you feel. I want to mimic how you think because you do it so much better than I do, right? So this is just not, this is about knowing what you need, okay, and how he wants you to feel. And in a sense, like I said, you get to borrow those feelings from him. So when we are overwhelmed by problems and circumstances, we can look at Jesus. We can borrow his peace until we have it ourselves, And we can say, the peace of God passes all understanding, and he is my peace. So I recently had this amazing experience at the San Diego Zoo. And you may have heard me talk about this before, but I was treated to a backstage encounter with some of the animals. So I got to see a sloth, an Alaskan wolf, a leopard, and a cheetah. I mean, these are like my favorite animals. Well, the sloth, I'm not so sure about, but I love big cats. So these animals were a mere five feet away. I mean, it was truly a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime experience. But it led to this great epiphany. 
You see, the cheetah had this unique buddy that helped him stay calm, a specially chosen shelter dog. Because, you see, cheetahs are actually very skittish and wary. And a part of the program, they were called animal ambassadors. And so these zoologists paired the cheetahs with the dog companion, particularly chosen for their calm demeanor. And so I got to watch as this cheetah looked over at his canine buddy and stayed calm during the whole entire interaction. He could be a nervous wreck, right? But with all these people around and the commotion and all these different faces and sights and smells, as long as he had his buddy with him, he was able to be at peace. So the dog's peaceful demeanor was enough reassurance for this naturally skittish cheetah. Hey, all is good. Everything's going to be all right. I mean, that's amazing to me. I thought, my goodness, this is what Jesus, this is what God is showing us. We get our own little resource, which is Jesus. He's our companion. He's our buddy. And he helps us when we are nervous, anxious, upset, worried, mad, hurt, all those negative feelings. We can borrow from Jesus and know, hey, if Jesus is okay, I'm okay. God's okay, I'm okay, because I'm with God and God's in me. And if God is in me, if Jesus is in me, if the Holy Spirit is in me, then I'm okay, because I'm not doing this all on my own. So we can constantly keep our eyes on Jesus as our buddy. We take cues from him. We can borrow his feelings of peace. See, if he's good, we can be good. If he's always good, then everything is going to be all right. Maybe not in the moment, but this is the same thing that little kiddos do with their parents. They mimic what their parents are feeling. So if a parent is upset, the little kid is upset. If a parent is angry, the little kid is angry. And so this is where you want to recognize this is how we're made. So one saying of mine that I refer to often is this. Trust is a word I understand until I actually have to do it right? It's a big word. I get it cognitively, but walking it out, that's a different story. So it doesn't feel like a heavy word until I actually have to put it into practice. But Jesus understands how hard it is to trust. And he wants us to trust him because the peace of God is almost inaccessible if we're not trusting. So our trust should always be in God, not in ourselves. See, my trust always needs to start and stop with God, not with me. Now, I work on being a trustworthy person because I think it's a very valiant endeavor. I think it's a character quality that is something to be aspired to. So I work on that. But guess what? I'm not always trustworthy. And so this is why it's so important that I trust in God. And so my trust should be in God and not in myself. Now, I do have to trust myself to a certain degree. But when it comes to really living in big things, this is where I know I have God. And I need to focus on my relationship with him and on on who he is, not who I am. Because if I focus on who I am, I'm probably going to have some anxiety. 
because I'm not perfect and I'm not going to be able to figure it out all the time and I probably won't do it right every time. So I focus on my relationship with him and on who he is. And I accept this life of uncertainty. I accept God's timing. Nothing is impossible for God. So he is the God of the impossible. And he is the God of me. Therefore, I'm thankful that I'm not too impossible for God. I mean, that's an amazing thought to me. That he's the God of the impossible, and he's the God of me. Therefore, my life, the way I act, the way I think, is not impossible for God. So we can accept his peace by being transformed in his presence. So I love this this devotional by Jesus Calling, and it, it encourages us to relax daily in his healing holy presence that we must allow him to transform us through time alone with him. And as we center our thoughts more and more on Jesus, trust displaces fear and worry. Because our minds are like seesaws. As our trust in him goes up, worry and warring go down. So this heals my brain, my spirit, my soul, and eventually my body. This trust helps me to know what's important how I'm supposed to spend my time, what I'm supposed to think on, what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to read you this prayer that is my favorite prayer. And this is from Teresa of Avila. She's a very famous saint. And this is incredible. This is what she says. She says, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things pass. God does not change. Patience achieves everything. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone is enough. When we have peace, his peace, we can truly be who he's created us to be. We can accept the gift of his life because it lives in us. So we can have full access to all logical, rational, creative beings versus using our thinking only for survival. And having his peace allows us to thrive. So God bless you today. Enjoy the gift of peace that Jesus has left for you. Take it. Wear it. Take it into your heart deeply. And know that God is with you always. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.